Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Marcus Spears in a minute on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Delighted that you are here. And one more reminder as we wrap up our portion of V-Week that during these challenging times, ESPN and the V Foundation's fight against cancer has not stopped. It will not stop. There's never been a more important time to be remembering this battle. This pandemic is taking everyone's attention away from so many things, and understandably so. But cancer is not going to stop affecting my life or yours. If you're able, please support cancer research by visiting v.org slash donate. 100% of what you give goes to cancer research. Today is actually the day that we all across ESPN are honoring Stuart Scott. It'll be six years since we lost him in a couple of weeks. And um, I will admit that we are running this magnificent feature. I talked about him on television this morning. I talked about him on the radio here earlier this week. I knew, I knew Stuart well, and I liked him very much. And I looked up to him a lot. But never more so than I did at the speech he made at the ESPYs when they honored him with the Jimmy V Award the one where he talked about how you don't lose to cancer when you die. And I will admit that um, I hadn't seen it in a while, that speech, and we aired it here. Our show is streamed every single day on ESPN+. And so our crew aired it during one of our breaks, and I started watching it. And I will admit to you that I had to turn away. I had to stop watching because it was making me very choked up, and I was was concerned I was not going to be able to come back on the air and talk about it. That guy had so much courage. I mean, he knew exactly what he was facing when he made that speech. It, it, is, it, it, it was a remarkable testament to his fortitude, his courage, his eloquence, and um, everything else. I, I just can't tell you how much I admired that guy before I met him, and then when I knew him, and then then in his last public appearance. Um, it never got any better. So again, in his memory and in his honor and any other way you can, if you can help us make a difference in this fight, we are endlessly appreciative. Meanwhile, back to the football, and it has been too long since I've said hello to my friend, the big swagoo, Marcus Spears, who's with me on the Shell Penzel performance line. We miss you, big fella. How are you feeling? Gee, I'm feeling good, man. I miss you too, brother. I have a freaking piriformis muscle, which is in your butt. That's pressing on my sciatic nerve. So finally, I'm starting to feel better. That muscle is relaxing and it's helping me, bro. But I couldn't sit more than like 15, 20 minutes at a time and sometimes five minutes. So now I'm back to sitting. I'm back on TV. So I'm back, G. I'm back, bro. Okay. So here's the here's where you got this thing wrong. Your first problem, I keep telling you, it's enough with the muscles. I mean, if you don't have the muscle, then you can't injure it. You know, I mean, so, so that's, that's been my secret all this time. I never miss a day because I have no muscle to strain, sprain, or anything else you might do to it. So I go, these are the lessons you can learn from me. That's the way, that's the way to approach it. I mean, you know, I prefer to have the other one and just be, be smarter and listen to my wife. Like, you know, like Stace, uh, they're smarter than us, and mm-hmm. I can stretch. And we actually have, thing, I have this thing called a teeter. Mm-hmm. machine g where you hang upside down it helps your back like football causes a lot of things and you got to make sure you stay on top of it so i was sitting you know how much i was flying last year yeah i was working out and wasn't really doing the maintenance that i needed to so it's all me and i'm I'm getting on the other side of it and hopefully i'm smarter going forward brother. That, that's that's the only reason i didn't play football professionally it's the whole hanging upside down thing i just i just couldn't see myself doing it <laughs> okay it's let's get the business <laughs> All right, we brought up a couple crazy things this morning, and I was thinking of you, and I want to bounce them off you. Here's the first. 
Ninkovich was talking about how when a team goes as deep into the season as the Steelers currently are unbeaten, that the pressure continues to mount and that actually Mm. losing a game while no one goes into a game thinking, boy, I hope we lose today, winds up being of benefit to the team. I asked RC, do you think in a private moment Mike Tomlin hopes they lose a game? And he said, and I quote, hell no, as only your friend RC possibly can. But what do you think? Do you think in the long run it would be better for the Steelers if they lose a game before they get to the playoffs? Do you know me? I'm going to keep it 100. That is not smart, okay? Mm -hmm. I love Nate. That's not smart. Nobody wants to lose. You ain't playing a damn game to figure out if you can get better from losing a game. I get the idea of it. Um, more to coach, take the pressure off so you're not your players are not focused on staying undefeated and focusing on week in, week out. But Mike Tomlin is one of the better coaches that we've seen over the last decade. He has the team ready to play. He he admittedly so said he didn't like their performance. It was it was JV. Um, I think is how he referenced it. Um, but no, I don't. You know, Nink Nink comes from a place. Here's what you got to realize mm-hmm. when when Nink is on your show. All right. He comes from a place of privilege, G. He comes from a place of the New England way, the Patriot way, where the expectation is to win a Super Bowl and not give a damn if you lose a game during the regular season. All of the 31 other teams out here would love to go undefeated and win a Super Bowl. Now, in New England, Belichick wants to use losses. I play for Nick Saban. They love to use losses as lessons to to, to – promote you further, to make you pay attention to the finite details that you're not paying attention to. That's one of their things. But don't don't you think for a second they don't want to go undefeated. They would love to coach those details in wins as opposed to losses. So I get it uh, I, from, from the standpoint of, you know, players may get recalibrated. They may refocus. They may identify some things that they do as a weakness and, and correct those things because you're more apt to listen after a disaster or after a loss, right? We all want to be a better person when we see something bad transpires. We all want to question and think about the things that we can do better. But, gee, when it comes to football, I would have loved to play for the Dallas Cowboys for eight years and won in Baltimore and learned all of them damn lessons going undefeated. Hmm. I would have learned everything I needed to learn from that regard as much as I could possibly learn it going undefeated. I would have preferred the lesson be that way, all right? I prefer my mom chastise me with her words and not a belt, okay? (laughs) That was the things that I think about. So, no, hell no, to Rand's point. Nobody wants to lose in order to prove a point or for a coach to have a coaching point. We want to win, and you can still have your damn coaching points. You could tell us how bad we suck, but all of us that's sitting in that meeting room, we all want to know we suck and still won. Hold that thought on Nick Saban, by the way. I want to come back to it. Greeny and Marcus Spears with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Next up, let's talk about the team that Pittsburgh played on Wednesday. I, I thought they made a very good showing, considering the circumstances. I thought that mm-hmm. they to make that a competitive game, I thought was remarkable. I, I continue to think they have a great coach, and they have a favorable schedule If you look at what they have coming up, they've got the Cowboys, Jaguars, Giants, and Bengals still on their schedule, plus the Browns, whom they destroyed when they played them the first time. So I'm wondering if this is a team, they went in last year with 14 wins and the number one seed and all the expectations in the world, that maybe they become this year the team nobody wants to see coming into the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah, gee, they're going to fight their way into the playoffs for sure. 
And defensively, Baltimore can be as good as anybody in the league. And what you saw them do was no fluke against Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh has their issues in the run game. I don't think Pittsburgh has a has the run game that we've identified with for a long time. Obviously, when Le'Veon was there and, and even before um, Le'Veon, they, they were a physical downhill football team. I don't think they have that element, and that's what scares me about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, But when you look at the Baltimore Ravens and you think about the construct of that team, it's built on being physical mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage. They've suffered a lot from not having Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams in that lineup. Calais Campbell more so because he's the run and pass pressure that you need in order to put con- uh, quarterbacks in a bad way. Big Ben wouldn't have been the same quarterback in that game if Calais Campbell was in the middle of that line of scrimmage. I firmly believe that. We saw how much it fell off with DeForest Buckner in Indianapolis, right, when they played the Titans. So when we start having all of these conversations about, okay, down the road, playoffs, the rest of the way, the number one question you have to ask is, especially in this season, who's available? Who, who, who are the guys that they're going to be able to put out on the field? And then you can determine how much of an impact that player has on what – because here's the great thing about the playoffs. Once you get in – it's all hands on deck. It's every piece of attention focused on that particular game, on that particular day to win and just get to next week. As opposed to a season when you're trying to make sure you win division games, when you're trying to make sure that things are working out from an overall perspective. You have your eye on other people in the league trying to figure out where is your positioning. People don't. People are not going to be running to the, to the stadium to play the Ravens. And I don't know why this narrative, because they've struggled offensively, that this going to be an easy out or it's going to be something that's just fly by the wayside, not the same team. Lamar gets back from COVID. When this defense is fully healthy, when they are playing on a normal week, normal procedure, and when you get into the playoffs with, with desperation and a team with players like they have, you better go in there with your, with your chin strap buckled up because they're going to try to physically beat you. And to be honest with you, G, even in the win against Pittsburgh, I mean, a loss against Pittsburgh, had it not been for four turnovers, and I know that's a big had it not been. Mm -hmm. But that game was a one-possession game at the end of the game with four turnovers. And they ran for 260-plus against the Steelers, who we think is a vaunted defense and one of the dominant defensive units in the league. So ain't nobody going to be – killing themselves to get to the stadium to play the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. Trust me when I say that to you, brother. I'm with you. And, and, and look, maybe the whole game is entirely different, but if Lamar Jackson is on the field on Wednesday and, and everything else was the same, they win that game easily. So we'll see what they're able to yeah, do. You gotta ch- yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he may not be able to play Tuesday against Dallas, Diana was telling us earlier. Let me get to one other thing with you here quickly, Greeny and Swagoo. Um, on the NFC side, I have a poll question up on my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny, because there's something very magical, magical about the number two mm-hmm. for quarterbacks. Two Super Bowl championships for a quarterback is a, is a big line of demarcation. And there are three yeah. legends in the NFC going after their second. I know second. where you're going, G. Right? Stop right there. Drew yeah. Brees needs it more. Brees. Drew Brees needs it more than any of these other guys we're talking about. And not for, not for the reason that he's about to get be done. And we all can kind of project that Drew Brees doesn't have. This prob- probably will be his last year already thinking about media. 
But for Drew Brees' legacy, you and I have sit on your show on Get Up a many days and talked about where is Drew Brees in the conversation for greatest of all time mm-hmm. or top five or just to create the narrative to always have Drew Brees' name in the conversation with all of the great quarterbacks that we think of, right? So this is paramount. The Saints went all in defensively. They brought in Malcolm. They brought in everything that they thought they needed, Emmanuel Sanders, in order to get Drew Brees the second Super Bowl so he can enter that conversation of being the greatest of all time or at least always be in it when you talk about top five quarterbacks in this league. So there is – I know Aaron Rodgers. I know Russell Wilson is in that conversation. No one needs a Super Bowl number two, and I would would almost venture to say outside of Peyton at the end of his career, no one needs a, a number two Super Bowl more than Drew Brees does. I think that's really well said, and I agree with that take completely. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. One last thing for you, Marcus. You you played for Nick Saban in college. You won a national championship Mm -hmm. playing for him at LSU. His old team, LSU, plays his new team, Alabama, this weekend. The point spread is like 30 points. I don't want to ask you about that game. But it did get me thinking. I find Saban such a fascinating person. Give me your favorite mm-hmm. Nick Saban story. What is your favorite story about playing for Saban? Gee, I could take it on the field. You want on the field, off the field. Whatever you like. All right. So the one off the field to me is 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 the 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 one. Um, so Coach Saban, I would my wife and I would actually go to his house when he was coaching me at LSU, and we would fish. He had a big pond in the backyard. We would fish at the pond. And Miss Terry, his wife, was always the caretaker at the house, and she would make sure we were straight when we were there. We had food, something to drink, do all of that. So we fishing one day, and then I come up because Miss Terry has told, you know, invited me up to get something to eat, something to drink while I'm out there fishing, whatever. So Coach Saban pulls, he pulls, he gets home. He pulls up. He says, what's up, Marcus? You know, he knows I fish. What's going on? So Miss Terry's father they have a big house, as you can imagine. Mr. Terry's father had been at the house for like a week. And Coach Saban saw Mr. Terry's father and said, hey, what's going on? I didn't know you were here. He was like, Nick, I've been here for like four days. <laughs> that is, <laughs> and I was sitting there perplexed, like how in the world? Like, have you not been home? Have you, have, Ms. Terry didn't tell you. Miss Terry mindset is I'm out of Nick's way when it's football season. There's nothing I need to talk to him about that goes on at home. I can take care of it. Manage. <laughs> and Coach Saban is like, I come home, I do my thing, I leave at crazy hours, and I, I, I work for crazy hours, and I'm, I'm in football season. But it blew my mind that he did not know his father-in-law had been there for four days. <laughs> and then I started to understand, you and I have talked about this, and you've talked about this. I started to understand a part of why these great figures in sports are the way they are. Mm-hmm. They literally have one-track minds, gee, when it comes to doing their job. Nothing else matters. Now, I'm hot. I'm a family. I'm like, Coach, how, how in the hell didn't you know your father-in-law was here for a week? <laughs> he was like, Marcus, I, I didn't know. I was working. <laughs> and then I started to understand how serious this man was about doing his job at the highest level possible. 
The next thing you know, you're running back a pick six in the championship game, and you guys have a championship together. Marcus, it is a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. I will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir, G.I. You too, brother. Take care. You're the best. Marcus Spears uh, with me. That's a great story. It's an unbelievable story. Let me quickly tell you a story that made me think of. I have so many things I want to get to in this hour, and I will. Um, but, but it made me think of a great story. You know, golf is my favorite sport, and, and it's about that singular focus. So golfers, when they play, if, if, I don't know if, how much everyone knows this, but if, if we're playing in a PGA Tour event, if, if, and for the purposes of this story, if Ben Hogan and Gary Player are playing together in a PGA Tour event, they keep each other's score. That's the, one of the ways that they safeguard against cheating in the sport. Ben Hogan is keeping Gary Player's score, and Gary Player is keeping Hogan's score. So it's a true story. Well, at least it's a story that Gary Player told me. So Player, when he's a very young man, and for those who don't know, Gary Player won nine majors. He's, he's now 85 years old. He's one of the greatest players that ever, greatest golfers that ever lived. Hogan was a mythical figure who was a generation or two older. So now Hogan is near the end of his career, and Player is a young kid playing with him. And they go out and they're playing in an event, and they're playing a par three. And this is the way Gary Player tells me the story. That Hogan hits a shot up there. It's a very, very good shot, and he's got about a 12-foot putt. Player goes up after him and makes a hole-in-one, knocks it in, and the crowd is going crazy. People are screaming and yelling. It was his first. I think he told me it was his first hole-in-one ever on tour. Not sure about that part. But whatever it was, there's much fanfare. And if you've ever watched a PGA Tour event, except this year, you know that when there's a hole-in-one, people just lose their minds. So there's all this noise, all this cheering, all this fanfare. They walk up to the green. Hogan grinds 12 feet, boom, makes his putt for a birdie. They're walking off the green together. Gary Player writes a two on the scorecard for Ben Hogan. And Hogan looks up at Player and says, what did you make there, Gary? And I thought, that is the greatest story I've ever heard. And it really reminds me of the story that Swagoo just told about Sabin. That focus, it, it, it is beyond me. It's beyond my ability to comprehend. I don't, I struggle with focus sometimes. Many of us, especially now. Like, I don't know that anyone could focus that way. If Nick Saban was on Twitter, there's no way in the world he could focus like that, right? I guarantee you, if Nick Saban was on Twitter, all of these different apps that we have now that retention span moves so quickly, I don't, I don't assume Nick Saban was ever on Vine. But if Nick Saban had ever been on Vine in his life, if he was on TikTok, he would have known his father-in-law was in the house, right? Because your attention span just becomes so much shorter. Your ability to focus is compromised. There's no question that it's physical. In my, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. It's biological that when you, the way our minds have now been taught to work, chemically and otherwise, that having that level of focus is much harder than it ever was before. So the ability to tunnel vision like that, that a guy like Sabin has, I would imagine Belichick has it too. And, and, and maybe there's something about being older like that. Like, there are young, great coaches. Like, you think a guy like Sean McVay can do that? I think Sean McVay is 15 years younger than I am. How old is he? He's closer in age, I think, to my kids than he is to me. Someone remind me, how old is McVay, Sean McVay? Like, 35? He's unbelievably young. So he is a member of the, of the generation that has grown up around technology. 34 years old now. 
So I, I, if he has that level of focus, then he should write a book or do seminars or something where he teaches you how to have it because it's extremely valuable to have, and I don't know how in the world for the life of me that in this day and age you do it. All right, the good news is I didn't get to almost anything that I meant to there. Coming up, we will do Who You Got with Bubba, and then I will tell you about one divorce that needs to happen in the NFL and another quarterback who, if he wins this weekend, it would be the worst mistake he's ever made. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny with you, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. It's where we work every day, and I am delighted that you're here for the ride. I'm going to tell you about a divorce that needs to happen in the NFL and a quarterback who desperately needs not to win. I have both of those, but I just saw this. Mark Stein, who covers the NBA for the Times, used to cover it for us, just tweeted, the NBA has officially suspended random marijuana testing for the season Spokesman Mike Bass said, due to the unusual circumstances in conjunction with the pandemic, we've agreed to suspend random testing for the season and focus our random testing program on performance-enhancing products and drugs of abuse. Marijuana remains a banned substance in the NBA based on the collective bargaining agreement. I, I want to. Ma- it's been a while now that I've been back on the radio. This hasn't come up. And so maybe you don't know me. Maybe you haven't been listening to me for years, so you should know where I stand. I fully, fully support this move by the NBA and think it should be made permanent. If you want to keep marijuana a banned substance in your league, which I think a lot of leagues want to, this is inclusive of the NFL, Major League Baseball, and everybody else. I think there are reasons they want to do that because of of the optics. It's easy to do. Just don't test for it. Just don't test for it. You leave it on the banned list, but don't test for it. The day and age of, te- of random testing for marijuana inside or outside of sports, in my opinion, is long since behind us. So I can tell you exactly where I stand on that in case you're wondering. I don't believe it should be a banned substance in the first place. But we can easily meet in the middle. The world's a better place if we can meet in the middle. If you think, players, that it should remain on the banned list, if you think it should not be something that is as socially accepted within sports as alcohol is, Frankly, cigarettes, although I don't know that any players smoke cigarettes anymore, but that's neither here nor there. That the easy way to do it is this. This should be permanent. They should not be random testing for marijuana in basketball or any other sport. That's what I think. Okay, there is a divorce coming in the National Football League up super high profile. This isn't exactly Brady and Belichick. 
It's Beatty and Bruce. Tampa Tom or Buccaneer Bruce. One of them, I think, cannot be there next season. And as Nikovich said this morning, there aren't thousands of people lining up to buy season tickets because Bruce Arians is the coach. I'm not even sitting here telling you Bruce Arians is not a good coach. I am telling you he shouldn't be Brady's coach. This is the wrong offense. What Tampa is doing is the wrong offense. Whoever's offense it is, it's wrong. And it bears no resemblance to anything Brady has ever done in his life. So it doesn't make any sense to me that it's anything other than the influence of the coach. I can give you the three areas in which they have it totally wrong. The first of them is in play action, okay? When they run play action, Tom Brady is second in the league in yards per play when they run it. But the trouble is, that is almost never. Only two teams in the sport have run it less. That makes no sense. Head-to-head, last week, Patrick Mahomes ran play action 17 times, Tom Brady five Who's calling these plays? The next problem is pre-snap motion. You've heard Dan Orlovsky railing about this. Brady, when he was in New England, his last three seasons, they used pre-snap motion more than any other team in the league but one. They were second most in the league. And they did okay in those three years. They went 36-12. and 12. They made two Super Bowls. This year, the Bucs are middle of the pack, 15th in that area, despite the fact that Brady's numbers, his passer rating is 24 points higher when they do it. He's pressured, hit, and sacked less. Those are stats, not an opinion. Yet they just don't do it. But none of those are as bad as this. The no-risk-it-no-biscuit thing is a disaster. Brady has thrown more deep balls than any quarterback in the league. More passes 20 yards downfield or more than any other quarterback in the sport, despite the fact that on those throws, he is 26th in completion percentage. And all they do is throw it. They throw the ball on 66% of their offensive plays, which is the most for Brady ever in his career. They're 28th in the league in rushing. They had one game this year in which they ran the ball five times. That is the fewest in recorded football history. And they've only been keeping those records since 1933. So what does this add up to? This is their bye this week. Maybe they kind of reshuffle things with a chance to catch their breath and self-scout. But if they don't, if they continue to look like this and maybe they just sort of crawl in on the back end of the playoffs and get bounced fast, which is what the team they are are right now looks like. The question is, do you bring Brady and Bruce back to run it back a second time? And if so, why would you? Why would anyone want that? It's obviously not working. So that feels to me like a divorce on its way to happening. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. All right, next order of business is a quarterback who desperately needs to lose. You know, I, I feel like the players are, are really the ones trying to find a way to, to flip this thing. I mean, they're they're taking the lead on this. It's on me to get him to play better than what he's played. I mean, I haven't done a good enough job. All right, that's the voice of Adam Gase, the head coach of the New York Jets, and the him he's talking about is his quarterback, Sam Darnold. And by now, everyone basically knows that the Jets are in full-fledged, tanking for Trevor mode. I'm not even 100% sure they're tanking. They're just that bad. They're going to lose out, and if they do, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and the best thing that could possibly happen to Sam Darnold will happen, which is that he will get a reprieve. He will go get a chance to start his career somewhere else. I remain convinced of his talent. Bart Scott, however, said something that should scare him to death. Bart Scott said this on Get Up This Morning about what he believes will happen 
if the Jets win a game. He has a lot to prove because he understands if he gets one victory, that potentially gets his option picked up because they, they won't be able to get Trevor Lawrence. So he has to come back no, and try and do whatever he can picking, to try and get a victory. If he, if, he, if he wins a game <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence isn't an option, then Sam Donald becomes no, your best no. option. Mark, I'm, Mark, if I take my camera right now, I can show you the Jets facility. I'm like two feet from it, man. I hear things rumbling. He's damaged, not he's not broken. Up. Listen, he's damaged, not broken. Okay, the person you hear yelling behind him is Mark Sanchez, but that's Bart Scott. And if you could understand what he said there, he said he lives right by the Jets facility. He's there all the time. And he's telling you that if the Jets don't get Lawrence, meaning if they don't finish with the number one pick, and Jacksonville only has one more win than they do, that he, Bart, is telling you that they're going to pick up Darnold's option and keep him. And in my opinion... I'm not saying that would be a mistake for the team. I'm saying it would be a disaster for the player. He needs a fresh start, and it could be anywhere. I'm not even going to make this into a rant about the Jets. Lord knows I've done that enough. I never stopped talking about it, and I'm sick to death of it and them. They're going to change coaches again because that's what they do. And the coach is going to continue to report to the owner separately from the general manager, and who the hell knows what the relationship there will be. So the point is, the Jets... Their their desire to draft Trevor Lawrence then becomes Trevor Lawrence's problem, not Sam Darnold's. Darnold needs to go somewhere else. They've sucked everything special out of him. So I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to the, if you are within the sound of my voice and you are in Indianapolis, Chicago, keep going. Lots of teams that might need a quarterback. That I'm telling Cleveland, you put Sam Darnold on the Browns. You give Sam Darnold that offensive line, those two running backs, and if Odell is healthy, those receivers. Bart Scott said it this morning. They've got two of everything. You give him that and a really good coach and Kevin Stefanski, who has some clue what he's doing, unlike the guy who's coaching the Jets. I'm telling you, Sam Darnold becomes a. I, I'm not. I can't sit here and tell you he's going to become Deshaun Watson. But he is more than good enough to be a quarterback you can win with. He needs to be coached, and he needs to have he needs to have the right vibe around him and the right players around him. And he's had none of those in his NFL career. He's had terrible coaching, terrible talent around him, and a terrible vibe in an organization that can't get out of its own way with an ownership that screws everything that he touches up. And, and the vibes have been horrific around him from the minute he got there. So, in my opinion... If that really is true, and Bart knows this stuff, he's not telling you this because it's his opinion. He's telling it to you because he's hearing it from people. If so, then in my opinion, the last thing in the world Sam Darnold needs to do is win a game. Well, to who you got coming up next, where I will tell you who's going to win all the games this weekend as we head into this weekend on a football Friday with me. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. As we get set to head into the weekend, in three minutes, I will tell you about one coach who's standing in my eyes rose enormously, immeasurably today. And I believe you will say the same, whether you root for his team or not. You'll hear that in just a moment. But first... Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. All right, I'll tell you who you got. All right, so who you got is sort of a binary proposition where, against my better judgment, we bring in our disheveled board operator, hashtag Bubba, and he gives me all of these binary questions, and I have to decide who I've got. Hello again, hashtag Bubba. Yeah, hello. <laughs> give, me the, give me the open there. We're Bubba. off to a good start. What's up? Who you got? Brought to you by Granger. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. I got the games for you. Here we go. We're just going to do four games. Here's we got first. games. Eagles at Packers. Absolutely. And these odds are courtesy of Caesars Sportsbook by William Hill. And this one, we got Green Bay minus eight and a half. Who you got? Green Bay and the Eagles is who they're playing. And the Green Bay at home against... Oh, that's a good point. I I did just hit the drop. That's yeah, my bad. I think we already established that. Let's do that one again. Uh, Green Bay minus eight and a half. Give the points. The Eagles are absolutely terrible. There is absolutely no reason to think they're going to play the Packers close. Packers just pounded Chicago. Chicago's offense, while terrible, isn't markedly worse than the Eagles because the one thing the Bears won't usually do is turn the ball over. Now, they did this past weekend. Green Bay is getting better, and they're at home in a building where they love to play in December. Eight and a half is a big number, but I'm comfortable with it. I will take the Packers. I will give the points. Next. Rams at Cardinals. All right, we got a big one in the NFC West and Los Angeles, minus two and a half. Cardinals lost two in a row. Who you got? Give the points. As much as, And I addressed this earlier. As much as I love Kyler Murray and I do believe in him, that team is fading and the Rams are better. The Rams are just a better team. The only question mark for the Rams is their quarterback. And that's a problem because his contract suggests he should be the answer, not the question. But I do believe in the Rams. I believe in their defense. I believe in their coach. And I believe they will find enough from their quarterback to win this and go into the playoffs this year. I think the Cardinals have had a good season, but it is going to fall by the wayside. Jalen Ramsey matched up with DeAndre Hopkins is the most entertaining individual show of the weekend. But I will take the Rams and I will give the points. Greening on ESPN Radio next. Colts at Texans. All right, Texans won a couple in a row. Don't look now. Romeo Cornell winning some games, but it's Indianapolis minus three and a half. So who you got here? Take the points. In fact, I'm calling for the upset and the straight-up win. Deshaun is playing great. He's playing as well as absolutely anybody in the sport. The Colts are banged up, and they've been a little hit or miss. The Texans had the worst, the most brutal schedule. Not making excuses. Some things are reasons. Their schedule has been brutal. They're a better team than their record. And their quarterback is as good as anyone in the sport whose first name isn't Patrick. I like Houston to win this week and actually make a late playoff push. Take the points. I like the upset. One more. Browns at Titans. 
All right. If the Browns win, they clinch an above 500 record. First time since, do you know? Above 500, 2007? That's correct. Great job. But it's Tennessee minus five and a half. Who you got? Okay. I think the Titans are going to win the game. But I think it is going to be, I think if you're getting five and a half points, I would take them. I think I call. I think I, I. I think my pick on TV this morning was twenty six seventeen, which would mean the Titans covering the number. But I think if I had to play this game, I think I would take the points because the Browns winning straight up would not shock me. I would not be flabbergasted. I would be surprised. I think Tennessee wins, but I would right now if I'm giving you advice and again hashtag KOD, you should run to bet against me. I would take the Browns and I would take them with the five and a half points. And that Bubba is who you got. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com slash safety or just stop by. Okay, well done. I, I, I wanted to get through that quickly because I wanted to make sure I had some time for this. It's the perfect way to wrap up a week. The San Francisco 49ers are now the Arizona 49ers. Basically for this month, in the middle of a pandemic and during the holiday season, All those players, coaches, staff, and everybody else have had to pick up their lives and move to a hotel in Arizona where they will play their games, they will practice, and they will live for the foreseeable future because of the coronavirus. Obviously, we all have issues. We're all dealing with things. But that is an enormous sacrifice that those people are making. And I have so much respect for what their coach, Kyle Shanahan, said. He said, look, we're not like the NBA. These guys aren't in a bubble. We're all still going to have to social distance and mask and be apart from each other. And he said he has instructed his players to be looking out for each other for signs of issues with this mentally and for how it might affect them psychologically. Listen. I tried to tell everyone, no matter what, um, when someone has a problem, whatever it is, there's no problem too big or too small. And a lot of guys keep that stuff internally. Um, But, you know, I met with a bunch of the players and I grabbed about 20 of them last night and just told them to look out for that stuff and make sure that whether they come to me, a position coach, we have... Lots of people here who aren't coaches or players who can help people. Um, so it's just understanding that it's human nature. Some stuff's going to come up um, over the next three weeks, and um, no one ignore it. Just always bring it to someone's attention because the worst thing you could be in these situations is feel kind of alone on an island. And we got a big group going through it, so we can rally together and make sure we help each other through it. I've never met Kyle Shanahan in my entire life, and I have great respect for him as a coach. But as of this moment, I have even greater respect for him as a person. Mental health is something that for so long has been dismissed and ignored, particularly in the sports community and candidly by men across this country and perhaps beyond. And I think that one of the great things that we are seeing is so many more people within the world of sports being willing to address these issues and talk about it. And for the head coach of a football team, these guys are so myopic most of the time to actually be concerned with that, considering it, talking to his players about it and then talking openly about it with the world so that you could hear it. A tip of the cap. So Kyle Shanahan, whether I root for his team or not, I will root for him. I have enormous respect. His standing in my eyes has just elevated. And I encourage you to think about that a little bit. It shouldn't take courage to say that out loud, but it does. Good on you, Kyle Shanahan. Good on you. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you Monday. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.